Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation? But not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app slash breadbox. Welcome to Tools to Ready the Journey, a conversation to help prepare and support young men for fatherhood. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Tools to Ready the Journey, a father's guide to a faith-filled family. Uh, I am Bill Snyder and joined always by Ray Haywood, who is the author of this book and uh, co-host here with me on this uh, podcast. And we hope you've enjoyed the series so far. It's unbelievable to be saying that we're going to be discussing chapter 12 of 13 today uh, on the program. And of course, we have so much more for you uh, than just the book. So I want you to remember to head over to trjfathersguide.com, and that's where you're going to find all the discussion guides, the Facebook groups, the Instagram, uh, and everything that you need to remain faithful. I think I forgot Twitter in there uh, as well. So uh, don't forget to head over to trjfathersguide.com to check it out and uh, connect with us and interact with us, because as we're wrapping up the discussion here in the next uh, three or four episodes of this um, book, we want you to be able to continue that journey and continue uh, reaching uh, into your fellow man's hearts and your heart to um, grow closer with the Holy Spirit. So uh, as as we know, uh, the podcasts and books, they're wonderful resources that we can lean on, but we need uh, to go a step further, and going a step further means connecting with our uh, fellow man and joining men's groups and all of those things, and all the resources there are there for you on the website to do that. So uh, I really encourage you, uh, as uh, as you've been listening to this podcast, to uh, connect with us there if you haven't. Uh, so Ray, welcome, and uh, it's it's su- such an awesome discussion today all about chapter 12. I'm, I'm just so excited to be talking about a faithful mindset. Yes, thank you for this time and fellowship. We get to shoulder up and do this, Bill. Yes, we do. So um, chapter 12, a faithful mindset. I, uh, I want to place into mindful reach all of the tools of awarenesses that have been shared to this point for our intentional listeners and readers. These tools of awareness have been shared with intent in preparation for discerning all that we will be scratching at in the two concluding and revealing chapters of this chapter and the next chapter 12 and 13. With now owning the tools stored in the toolbox we create in our hearts and in our wills, 
we have built up the footing needed to intentionally step closer in understanding what a faithful mindset looks like through self-examination of a virtuously exercised free will. A place of peaceful resolve within a faithful mindset is now achievable in our acceptance of full ownership of the tools handed on and forged in truth told to us over time as we willfully choose to move forward together through the arch of life in all that has been shared to this point. This is what I would like to believe we have accomplished to this point, Bill. What is your takeaway on where we are in this blessing with the knowledge you and I have with what's shared in chapter 12? You know, before we even get into it, you have the knowledge. So do you feel as though we're better equipped with journeying through 1 through 11 to even entertain what's shared in chapter 12? I mean, this is this is what it's about. We're here now. We, yeah. we, we've arrived. Yeah, I think, you know, if you were just to open the book, right, if you were to open the book and read chapter 12, uh, you would get a lot out of it, right, because this is very insightful. But if you don't read chapters 1 through 11, prior to that, it's not going to have the same weight. It's just not. It's not going to because, – because you've had so many – uh, as as you like to put it, competencies discussed and shared uh, with the reader that I, I I truly believe that I'm a better man for reading this book. And I want to let listeners know, you know, Ray authored this book, but when um, we when when we agreed to do this, there was one thing that um, I. I, I told him, and I said, I am going to read this chapter by chapter. I'm not going to go ahead, uh, even though it's super tempting to do that, and it only takes me maybe, you know, 20 minutes or so to really pour over a chapter and read it because these chapters are short and and uh, and meaningful uh, and got a lot of stuff in them, so I encourage you to read it slowly. But, um, but you know, the the... the amazing thing about it is, you know, I have not skipped ahead at all. I, I, I've, I've made... I've made good on that promise not to skip ahead. And um, so so I don't have any advanced knowledge about where Ray is going and uh, or, or what he's doing. And I, and I feel that if I would have skipped ahead to chapter 12 and, and read it and then gone back and read the other ones or something like that, I would not have had the intentional steps along the journey um, of, of learning this slowly and intentionally, you know. So I would not have had that. Uh, blessing and so truly uh, having this knowledge that has been you know slowly and and intentionally poured into me through reading this has been a huge blessing and now as we get into uh, as Ray keeps saying the meat of this uh, book is really in the last couple chapters as he says so as we continue to to journey deeper into um, the the book and and these last and final chapters uh, and an epilogue and everything. I think that what he has waiting for us is is built up along the way here. It's built up along the way. Um, and how beautiful that is. Because if we just skip ahead and read it, yeah, it would have some meaning. But 
but don't do that. Uh, if you're listening to chapter 12 and you haven't uh, read the book, you haven't purchased a book, uh, and you haven't uh, read any of the other chapters yet, I really encourage you to do that, Ray, because, and, and everybody listening to this, because Ray has done such a great job putting it together. So uh, absolutely, Ray, I totally think that we are now equipped to discern it. I mean, look, look at all the tools we've gone through. Look at all the tools we've gone through. So absolutely, I think we're better equipped. I am better equipped to have that conversation, having read those chapters. That means a lot that you should share that. So um, I always go back to that fallback of the measure in which we measure. This blessing was measured out in proper doses so uh, that we could build upon. Each chapter builds upon, absolutely. So an intentional, faithful mindset awaits. Let's begin. Chapter 12, a faithful mindset. What is shared in chapter 12 is that a faithful mindset is achieved in our day-to-day -day lives through daily reflection within a demeanor of humility and compassion. A fathers, as fathers, it is accomplished slowly over time and trial as we continually approach and reflect well, selflessly moving forward throughout the arch of life. God's word revealed shares that. A faithful mindset can only be found in ownership of an active faith journey. I'd like to say that again. Uh, you know, uh, important for us to understand and, and really step close in is that God's word reveals to us that to share in a faithful mindset, it can only be achieved through ownership of an active faith journey. The first step in this journey is through the acceptance that our Heavenly Father loves us past our worldly faults and forgives us our sins unconditionally. We step closer to this realization as we willfully examine ourselves and confess our sins with true contrition and remorse in the sacrament of reconciliation, where confession and penance wash us clean and restore us in grace. We've mentioned that we step closer to grace through contrition. So what is contrition? Let's explore what perfect and imperfect contrition looks like. Perfect contrition is explained as sorrow for the detestation of sin with the true purpose of amendment arising from a love of God for his own perfection. So if we think about that, it's us stepping to our father, being sorrowful that we disappointed him, you know. And then imperfect contrition is explained as coming from some inferior motive as fear of divine punishment. So um, when you think of stepping towards contrition, towards reconciliation, okay, I'm going to get on a plane. Geez, I better go to confession not reconciliation where confession and penance come together i need to go to confession before i get on that plane that's fear there's a tremendous difference between perfect and imperfect um contrition so uh all this can be discerned further uh through awareness that is shared in john 4 11 through 18, and that's something that I hope that our listeners can um, can reach into and understand 
what's all shared in that. But uh, with this awareness in mind, we can better consider how we as fathers must also unconditionally forgive our own children when they fall short in their humanity and come to us for forgiveness. We fathers must recognize, promote, and nurture the unconditional love and forgiveness needed to promote having this reflection of love present in our homes and to the families that we are nurturing. A beautiful view for us all, uh, the family members, to have in this awareness. This is all first revealed to us in our understanding of the power of our free will, our willpower, shown to us through God's grace, revealed through the sacrament of reconciliation, where we gain the strength needed to choose to do well in our daily lives. What do you think, Bill? You know, I I, I really like this um, discussion that uh, that we're having because I, I think it's very very important to discuss the imperfect contrition and perfect uh, contrition. Um, I I really think that it's a very important conversation that we need to have about where our motives lie uh, and something that it takes a long time to, to achieve. I know that I still uh, am probably not making perfect contrition in my confessions uh, because perfect contrition comes out of the fact that um, I love God so much that I do not want to offend him and I want to go to heaven. That, as you mentioned, the fear of of going to hell, um, while, while that will su- uh, suffice for the um, for for the contrition to actually take place, it's not coming from the same place. Our, so our love of God has to grow. Our love of God has to grow in order for us to achieve perfect contrition. So it's not coming out of a place of fear. You know, oh my God, I don't want to go to hell, so, so I better not. <laughs> you know, that's, that's where I think so many Christians and, and, and Catholics get messed up. You know, when, when they look at the church as a, thing, as a bunch of rules not to do, it's all imperfect contrition. Because they're going, oh, well, I don't want to go to hell, so I better not do that. I don't, I don't want to go to hell, but so I better not do that. I don't want to go to hell, so I better not do that. Like, that is just not um, perfect. The perfect way to look at it is, you know what? I do want to go to heaven. So I'd rather love God this way, which means living the commandments. <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily um, this this backwards... Um, this backwards way of of understanding it no it's the fact that god loves us and we love god so much that we would never want to do anything to to lose that that love we have for him and that's where perfect contrition comes in and i think very few people are able to get there i know i'm not there like i like i know i still fear uh you know uh when i sin oh my gosh you know i i still fear i have a lot of fear in there uh, and, and so I go to confession and I make a act of contrition, but it's not a perfect act of contrition all the time. 
And so I, I, I really encourage listeners to, to, to think about it from the positive aspect, not the negative aspect. And that might help you grow in um, your, your uh, life and your spirituality so that you can achieve perfect contrition. And there's times when we achieve perfect contrition, and there's times when we not, and we fall back in and, in and out, in and out, in and out. Um, but don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged uh, because God is the one who is constant and always loves us. And every time we make an effort to go to the sacrament of reconciliation, every time we uh, have an effort to do that, um, and we make our effort to do that, he is happy. So whether you're making an imperfect act of contrition or a perfect act of contrition, God is still happy with you that you are being contrite and you are um, offering your heart back to him uh, and saying, God, I really messed up. I, I want to be with you. I want to help you is the perfect act of contrition. The imperfect one is when you say, God, I really screwed up. I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> um, and so I think that maybe simplifies it a little bit for you and maybe gives you a little bit of a um, way of, of looking at it that, uh, you know, it, neither one is bad. Both are good. Uh, but we should always strive for the perfect contrition. Does that make some sense, Ray? I think that uh, in in our young lives, we may begin our faith journey as um, looking at reconciliation in an imperfect contrition because we don't know any better. We don't understand divine love. We haven't when we we're at the measure in which we measure. If you follow what I'm saying, yes. so. It's like our parents, we have respect for them. There's a certain amount of uh, reverence or a little bit of fear. You know, that we, need, we need to be kept close to the path. But then as we become more fulfilled in our faith journey, and as we step closer to the path, and we, we find ourselves no longer um, straying from the path, not because of fear, but because of love then we get to share in the perfect contrition. And what you and I are discussing right now is something that's worthy of working towards. You know, um, yes. a lot of the things that we share as tools, we have to understand and accept our place where we are and understand that everything that's worthwhile takes effort. So when we're a young soul and we're stepping close to our faith, a lot of what you and I are sharing uh, may not exactly be achievable at that moment, but when our Heavenly Father knows our heart, and in our hearts, we are very transparent. So when we come into the competencies that are shared, these awarenesses are shared, then when we have these awarenesses, it helps us on our journey. It helps us to stay close to the path. Yes. And then when we come into the fullness of understanding, that we start to begin to share in that love of true contrition, of beautiful contrition, then the f more and more beauty comes out within divine love and all that's shared within it. So, um, but what I want to share right now for the young man is, um, I want to just stay close to bringing this one point. Uh, when we become competent in our understanding of the power of reconciliation, as an important channel of grace where we are made clean from sin and are at that moment restored in perfect union with our Heavenly Father. It is in these moments of grace that we come to understand that we can separate ourselves from sin 
just not from our sinful nature. It is in this realization that we share in the graces that support and strengthen the fullness of a faithful mindset. Uh, that's a beautiful thing for a young man to understand, that he can separate himself from sin, just not from his sinful nature. And then when he stays close to the path and he moves forward within the measure in which we measure, and all of the beauty of what I get to share in at this moment is realized, even if it's just in me scratching at something that he could work towards, well then, then you and I did what we're supposed to today. Absolutely. So um, is there anything that you think that you could share to strengthen the message of this beautiful, uh, I mean, this 12 and 13, just beautiful chapters. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I have a really funny story that I want to tell. And maybe it'll, um, maybe it'll just shed some light on the perfect and imperfect contrition. Uh, I, uh, I actually have a blog post about this. If you go to my website, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, or the, you actually can go directly to the blog, uh, patchworkheartministry.blogspot.com. Uh, the title of this post is actually from April of 2017, and it's entitled uh, Pete Sampras Mad at His Neighbors. Um, and it, <laughs> the, the, I'm going to tell the story a little differently than I, than I wrote it on the blog um, because, because I think it's uh, you know, easier to tell over, over uh, written word, but I'm going to tell it a little differently here uh, on the podcast, so make sure you go over and read it. Uh, on uh, on my blog later. Uh, so I, I was a kid, and uh, my, we had this uh, apple tree that was in our yard, and it was on the other side of the fence, uh, basically. It was, it was legally on our neighbor's property, but the branches hung over our garden in the back of our yard growing up in Malvern. And uh, one day, I'm coming back uh, off the school bus, and there are a bunch of workers who are out front of my neighbor's house, and we could hear the chainsaws that are cutting down this apple tree. And my mother was very, very upset. We went in the house, and she said to both of us, and we're like maybe 7 and 10 years old at this time, and she said to us, can you believe they're cutting down that tree? I went over and I talked to Janet about it, and I told her that I really liked that tree. And why didn't she come over and talk to me about cutting it down uh, just all of a sudden? She never even, you know, asked or anything. And, you know, as 7- and 10-year-olds, my brother looked, took one look at each other, and we said, uh, we're going to avenge our mom. So after our uh, afternoon snack, you know, we, we, we got changed after, after school, and we went and uh, got our tennis rackets. Now, in the other side of our yard, there was a black walnut tree, okay? And the black walnut tree um, was uh, shedding at that time. So it was dropping the black walnuts all over our, all over our lawn. It just so happened that my neighbor had a pool. And, and part of the reason why I believe that she was cutting down the tree was because the apples were actually falling into the pool. So what we did was we decided, which were totally on our side of the property, uh, what we did was we took all of the black walnuts and a tennis racket and hit them over the fence and 
waited to hear the splash in the pool. I think we hit probably 400 black walnuts in her pool after the workers left. And let me, let me tell you, uh, it was the most fun thing that kids could possibly do, right? Uh, we avenged our mom. We doused her pool uh, with all of these black walnuts. But, um, you know, what was amazing to both of us, what was amazing to both of us was that we never, ever, ever got punished for this, for this event. Never. Uh, my, my mom never said anything about it. Our neighbor never said anything about it. They, they just knew that maybe they should have asked my mom or whatever because the branches were on our side of the thing. And so to this day, my brother and I, we laugh about it a lot and we talk about it a lot, but it's definitely, uh, you know, I'm, and we actually ended up codenaming the, the uh, ad adventure that we had, Pete Sampras mad at his neighbors. Uh, because uh, we thought we were great tennis players that day. Uh, but anyway, uh, the idea is that um, it was, you know, the, the retaliatory justice of, of, the, of the situation probably wasn't a, a, uh, a good idea, right? As you're looking back on it as, as adults, you can see that that uh, was totally wrong. You know, my my brother actually, uh, in recounting the story, often says the amount of black walnuts we hit into that pool is was wildly uncalled for. You know, <laughs> um, so so you know, we we uh, didn't have at that time any any perfect contrition, right? Uh, about it, uh, I. I still think we don't have perfect contrition about about the story. We laugh about it. We think it's hilarious. Uh, my mom thinks it's hilarious. Uh, you know, and, and now, you know, however many years later, 20, 20 years later, 30 years later, right, uh, that we've been, we were doing this. So I, I, you know, but but we can see with the eyes of faith that that that's imperfect contrition. Like, like we're, like, we're not necessarily a hundred percent sorry about it. And, and we're, you know, uh, trying to, um, you know, yeah, I, I don't know how best to say it, but we're, 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 it's a, it's a funny story. We laugh about it. Um, but, but I don't know if we're necessarily sorry about it. You know, having that perfect contrition means that we have to be truly sorry. Yeah. We know we offended our neighbor. We know that we, uh, we're wrong in that thing, and we know that uh, that would preclude me from going to heaven and being with God. And so, arriving at that perfect contrition is is difficult. You know, uh, it's difficult when we when we are especially little kids. And and so, um, I I just think that that story maybe highlights a little bit of the difference between perfect contrition and imperfect contrition. Uh, so, so we need to remember that when, when we're truly sorry about something, when we have contrition about something, we have to do it because, um, not because I'm afraid my neighbor is going to come over and, you know, uh, yell at my, yell at me or whatever. It's because I know that that's wrong. And in addition, I don't want to offend God above, you know, by, by, by doing this act. Um, so, so, so that is, um you know, perfect contrition is less consequence focused, right? I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to get yelled at by my neighbor. I'm going to get yelled at by my mom, you know, all of those things. So uh, I, I just think that the story 
uh, highlights that, Ray. Uh, I, I hope you had a few good chuckles in there, uh, as, as I told it. But I encourage everybody to go over and read the full blog uh, post that I wrote uh, on my you blog. Know, when you when you share something like that, Bill, you know, when we're close to something, we don't see it from all perspectives. You know, think of the reactions of the adults in that situation on both sides of the fence, your neighbor and your mom right. and your dad and how both you and your, your brother never heard anything about it. So I bet you if you were to ask if I don't know if your parents still live in the same house, if the neighbor is still there or all no, that. But no, no. But... I, I want. I wonder if you were to ask the woman who lived in the house with the apple tree that the, it was falling into her pool and she was, she was, you know, uh, inconvenienced uh, and she cut down this tree and she knew how much her neighbor loved. I wonder how her take would be. I understand yours and your brother's take and the way you shared it, but, you know, it speaks volumes. The most important part of any conversation is what's not being said. I wonder, you should really ask your mother what she thought about that, you know? Oh, absolutely. Really speaks volumes, the things that, the, the silence speaks so much louder. But anyhow, um, I'd like to end off our discussion with a challenge. A challenge for our listeners to gain full awareness in all that is shared toward owning a faithful mindset. To take time out to read this chapter and willfully contemplate all of the benefits that you and your family will gain in fully owning your own free will through the tools of self-examination. It is through understanding the power of our free will through self-examination that we gain the strength needed to choose to act morally intentional. Let's go back to that morally intentional, huh? Knowing uh, knowledge and recognizing that a faithful mindset is one of the most important characteristics we can reflect into the lives of the families we nurture is divine love at its best. It is a great chapter to contemplate, wouldn't you say, Bill? Absolutely. Absolutely. It really is. So the chapter 12 tool is the wood clamp. I chose the wood clamp for chapter 12 of Faithful Mindset for the manner in which it is used to hold objects firmly together and in place in a measured out amount of pressure. When we relate using a wood clamp to a faithful mindset, we can find value in the use of this tool in holding us firmly in place while we continually seek out objective truth in the measure in which we measure. This, there is much value that can be found in clarifying what we truly believe in, what makes us strong in our convictions, finding our worth and purpose in what truly binds us together to our path. Isn't that a beautiful thing, Bill? It really is. You know, I, I, I like the uh, wood clamp because uh, it, it, it pushes things together, right? It pushes, you know, things together. And uh, when, when you are able to align the values with objective truth, when you're able to align your values with objective truth, when you're able to align uh, what you believe in with uh, the bar that God sets for us, then what happens is uh, we come closer to him. You know, we, we grow closer to him. So what a beautiful thing. 
um, to be able to uh, reflect on. And, you know, I'll just say, take some time as guys and go through and just even meditate on these pictures. It's beautiful artwork. Uh, the, the artwork of this book and uh, everything is just unbelievable. And so I uh, really encourage each and every one of you that are listening to open the pages of the book and at the chapters as Ray and I discussed them, just take some time and, and gaze at the image. You know, it's on, it's on every page of the book. Just gauge, uh, gaze at the image and, and look at it and see um, and reflect on it and how it applies to the chapter and it applies to your life. Because um, if, you know, you, if you take the time to do that, uh, it, will be, it will be very important for you just to, just to reflect and, and think about those things. Uh, it'll, it'll give you more, a fuller, uh, fuller picture of the chapter, of the chapter and your life. So chapter 13 is the last chapter. Not that we won't be discussing the uh, um, the epilogue and most important, the call to action of what is truth. But uh, chapter 13 is the last chapter. Um, and uh, chapter 13, 13 is God's grace in a faith-filled family. The culmination to the chapters of this book and very much a foundational part of the truth shared in its subtitle of A Father's Guide to a Faith-Filled Family, meaning Jesus is our guide. This chapter will bring the awareness of the covenants clearly into view as we intentionally and continually move forward in the awareness of the measure in which we measure. Another great chapter for us to explore and gain perspective in, and I'm looking very forward to it, and I hope you are as well, Bill. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I am I am looking forward to Chapter 13, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm excited for the, the reader as well because I think that as the book uh, closes down, as it comes to its culmination, maybe it comes to the uh, pinnacle of it, um, I, I'm excited for them to be able to begin living this, begin living it. And uh, as you mentioned there, Christ, Jesus is our guide. Uh, and you think about, I think about all the ways that uh, St. Joseph in the early life and uh, in the early uh, time of his life uh, led Jesus and then Jesus takes over and leads Joseph home. Um, so I just think about that. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, Jesus being our guide and uh, how and how God's grace works in all situations. Uh, so I, I just am excited uh, to to bring the last chapter to our listeners um, and then, of course, continue our conversation with the epilogue and with the call to action, because I know that that is going to be um, very powerful as well. So. Uh, I, I thank you, Ray, for your time, and, and uh, it's just a blessing to be with you, um, as always. And so, uh, so thank you so much for yeah, being intentional and sharing uh, in uh, this with me. It's, it's just a beautiful thing. Can you feel my shoulder? <laughs> yeah, I can. It's great. Thank you, Bill, for this time and fellowship. Yes, well, this has been an episode of Tools to Ready the Journey, A Father's Guide to a Faithful Family. For Ray Haywood, I'm Bill Snyder. Until next time. Be intentional. You've been listening to Tools to Ready the Journey, presented by Breadbox Media. 
For more information about this ministry to young men, visit trjfathersguide.com or search for TRJ Father's Guide on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tools to Ready the Journey is a production of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about how Patchwork Heart Ministry can support your ministry, visit patchworkheart.org. I feel silly trying to make up prayers myself. My mind starts to wander as I'm speaking to God. I just don't have time to pray. Do you recognize yourself in any of these statements? If so, we have a book for you. In Pray Fully, best-selling authors Michelle Fanley and Emily Jaminet share the rewards and frustrations of their own prayer journeys to create a practical guide that combines testimonies, tips, and journaling space to help you spend quality time with God. Whether you want to learn how to pray aloud in a group or stop your mind from wandering during prayer, Fanley and Jaminet have practical advice and the real-life experience to help you overcome obstacles to everyday prayer. Head over to AveMariaPress.com and use code LEARN2PRAY, that's LEARN, the number 2, PRAY, to get 20% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www. Dot grimbeancoffee.com forward slash redboxmedia. Experience coffee like never before.